Hello, and welcome to the Aaron Evans Podcast. This podcast is devoted to people who want to love, listen, and live a little better. I'll be sharing my musings as a life coach, a mother, a yogi, an entrepreneur, and I'll be interviewing some of the most inspiring people that I know that are leaving the world a little better than how they found it. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. If you want to stay in touch, you can follow me on Instagram at Aaron underscore Evans. Buckle up and thank you for tuning in. I come from an athletic background and what I love about athletics is the easy access point to flow. Our physical body is the greatest way for us to be present and therefore it makes it an obvious choice when one is attempting to lose track of time, to forget their sex, their job, their position in the world. A flow state can be accessed through music, gardening, athletics, reading, writing. Some say it's being in the pocket. It is being in the zone. Uh, Baron Baptiste says, when you're in the flow, you'll know. It's the sense that you are so fully alive that you lose track of time. You are focused and enjoying the process. You're being mindful. There's a sense of play and there's a sense of progress. The opposite of being in a flow state would be distraction, boredom, anxiety, stress. Now we know that our lives are filled with all sorts of chaotic things. We have relationships and jobs. We can be stressed out about our finances or the state of the world. And all those little things pull us outward. It is important to be a part of the world but our practice is to be in it, but not of it. To access a flow state, there is an intense concentration in the present moment. We are merging our action with our awareness. It's a loss of feeling self-conscious. The ego kind of evaporates. And it's a sense of personal control and agency over what we're doing. Another really interesting facet of it is that it's intrinsically rewarding. I'll speak through the lens of yoga, and yet I think this is a thread through every life. Most of us hop on our yoga mats, put on our skis, look up at the pitch we're about to climb, and our mind is riddled with thoughts, worries, problems, apathy. And we're doing what we love to do in a hope of escaping the, the scattered, distracted, faithless mind. In ceremony in India, they'll take a bowl of rice, a regular bowl of rice, and they'll put it on an altar and they'll pray for that bowl of rice. They'll chant, they'll pray. And once it goes through those rigorous things, that bowl of rice is now sacred. It's called prasad. 
And that's basically what we're doing for our own minds when we do activities that pull us into a flow state. So it means total absorption, curiosity, fascination with what is directly in front of us. I was fascinated by the handstand press. I remember seeing it probably 20 years ago and thinking, how the heck is that happening? And I remember being really devoted to learning that handstand press. I spent days putting my feet on blocks and putting my head against the wall. And every day I would, I would try to jump up and it wouldn't quite be there, but I still showed up time and time again. And for me, that was my little gateway in to a theta brain state, a being in the pocket. That entry into the handstand press has now turned into every nook and cranny of my yoga practice. I lift my hands up, I'm in the flow. I take a forward bend, I'm in a flow. But it wasn't always like that. At first, one must coax, uh, convince oneself that it's interesting enough and important enough to get engaged. I'm an uh, adrenaline junkie. I want big fancy things. And, and that was my gateway in. I needed to, to find something that was worthy of my attention so that I could find the flow state, merge it into every area of my life. So it is innately positive. It produces intense feelings of enjoyment. It leads to happiness. And there's an often an implication of growth because at first, as I mentioned with the handstand, it, it's challenging. And yet once you get that, you need to add a little bit more onto it and a little bit more onto it to encourage the monkey mind to get on board and be fully committed. So there's a few things that block a flow state. The first is boredom, a feeling of apathy, why bother, laziness, fatigue in the body. And boredom transcends into every corner of our lives, whether we like it or not. And again, we want to cultivate some flow so that we know how good it feels to be alive in this life. The second thing that blocks our state of flow is anxiety. Now, anxiety is a, a perpetuation of thought, a busyness in the brain, a fear of the outcome, a fear of the present moment. Anxiety is indicative of not being present. And our whole intention through sport and practice and art is to be present. When I'm anxious and fearful, I'm definitely not in the present moment. So the seven conditions to a flow state are knowing what to do, knowing how to do it, knowing how well you are doing, knowing that there is a high perceived challenge, like enough of a buy-in to get your attention, uh, a high perceived value of skills, and it must be free of distraction. 
They've studied those that have access to a flow state more easily. And I've often said this, but I think natural talent only goes so far. I, I really believe that persistence and commitment outweigh any natural talent. So the personality traits for those that are better able to reach this flow state are curiosity, persistence, low self-centeredness, and the intrinsic reward. The practice of yoga is not for an upcoming event or game or performance. It truly is to know oneself better. It truly is to shake off the cobwebs of laziness and distraction. And in that way, yoga is such a fabulous vehicle to take you into the present moment and for no other reason than your own freaking curiosity. So why, why do we want a flow state? What would be the point of it? You know, we're good. I'm watching Netflix, Aaron. I've got this great series. Why do I care about the flow state? The flow state gives us a sense of total ecstasy. You're making love. I wouldn't know I haven't made love in eons. You are practicing yoga. You're driving a car really fast. You're climbing, running, skiing, gardening. And it is an ecstatic experience. It is so joyful. The second is that we're so invested in what we're doing that it's the only thing that matters. It gives us a greater sense of clarity, understanding of, of what we love and how we want to feel more often. What I love about it is like a timelessness. A friend of mine always says, I love the way time takes shape with you. And what she means by that is for her and I, when we come together, there are no rules. And it truly is a moment to moment experience of play. We're not concerned about dinner and the television and what time to go to bed. We really are allowing our bodies and our lives to flow with the people we interact with, the activities that we're surrounded by. So in order for one to move from a busy, manic mind to a blessed mind state, we must find things that call us to attention. So I ask you, what in your life gets you jazzed? What calls all of you to the table? Wood carving, music, dancing, cooking. And what are the things that distract you and perpetuate a state of boredom, anxiety, or worry in your life? In yoga, the word we use is samadhi. And samadhi translates as absorption, commitment, enthralled, engaged in the present moment. And we do this because it's like magic. If I can taste a little glimpse of flow, samadhi, absorption, commitment, if I can taste it in one little area of my life, I'm certain that I can source its beauty in other moments. 
And then hopefully I could spend more and more time cultivating a state of flow. So for you, it might be basketball. It might be playing the guitar, walking, reading, making love. But find a place where you forget your worries, your pains, your past, so that you can live in that state more often. Again, we are so naturally in a state of withdrawal, right? It's kind of cool to be stoic and uninterested. And this is the polar opposite of being cool. And yet, it is the greatest thing that you can ever do. I believe that there are doers and there are donters. And the doers are the people out there showing up and committing themselves. Understand that flow doesn't occur when I'm jumping from hobby and person and habit to hobby and person and habit. It's about commitment. Commitment to mastery. Commitment to knowing oneself better. So take the flashlight into all the dark areas of your life and your personality and your relationships and find out all the ways that you are betraying the possibility for you to gain that flow state. Remember, you have to be naturally pulled toward it, interested in it already. I promise you that it's worth it. I promise that your life matters. And the closer you get to that state of total immersion, the closer you get to God or the universe or the highest power. Everything we do on this planet, if you are a seeker or you're curious about transformation, is to get us closer to our highest self. And... Our highest self is not keeping up with the Joneses. Our highest self doesn't have the fancy car, the perfect body, whatever's popular at the time. Our highest self is never changing, ever present, and always watching. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to rate and subscribe to this podcast. As always, I love your feedback and your ideas, so drop me a line if there is a concept you'd like me to riff off. So much love. I am grateful to you. I am because of you. Much love. Namaste. Keep fit. Have fun. All that good stuff.